This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 253 of It's All Tim's Fault. But for this one, it's nobody's fault, because we're on schedule, I think, for the first time of this year. So <laughs> how about that? But joining me, as always, is Dane. Dane, how's it going? It's going good, Tim. Um, let's see, what have I been up to? What have you been up to, Tim? Well, I've baseball season started since our last episode, so that's been great. Uh, yeah. Um, I did play and finish The Last of Us video game. I said I wanted to do it after watching the TV series, and I did. And boy, was it good. <laughs> it took me 10 years to play it, but <laughs> <laughs> I could definitely see why it was so well regarded. But kind of I was hinting at, I think on our last episode, where like I'll probably be a little more biased to the first the TV show, since that was my first exposure to the story sure. and characters and all that. So. I did find myself leaning towards more how the TV series did things than the game, but still appreciating, you know, this is where it all started from here. And this, what a great job those TV showrunners did in adapting the game for a TV show. So, yeah, I'm definitely glad I experienced both. Yeah. I wonder if people are like that with like, Game of Thrones, like people that prefer the book over the TV show, and people that didn't know the book but just watched the tv show and then went back and read the books but preferred the tv show I wonder if people do the same exact thing for that yeah i kind of think it's just in general probably for most people just what what your first exposure to a certain story is because obviously yeah. you like it so much you want to see where it originated from or to see the different ways it was adapted so but jen more than likely you're going to love the one that you first experienced i'm the opposite tim <laughs> I actually prefer the the TV show over the uh, over the game stories. Oh, you're, you're story the yeah. <laughs> not not now. You have to play uh, part two, and um, yes. the the controversial part two. It's, I have. It's probably going to be a while because yeah. knowing me, I I don't think I'll have a beat in time before Jedi Survivor comes out, and yeah, that starts an onslaught of games like, like i'm gonna be played for most of the rest of the year to be honest but 
there is because I know the big controversy in it, but I did forget one aspect of it that you told me when I was kind of looking at like things on it. It's how yeah. you actually play as Abby in that game, where yeah. that's like a big part yeah. of it, where they do the whole thing where they split time of who you're playing with, which I'm going to be honest, is never usually my favorite thing when some video games do that, like established franchises. It's always, I mean, Metal Gear Solid 2, Halo 2, those yeah. those are kind of the big ones that come to mind where it didn't necessarily work out the greatest. It's, uh, yeah, I can see how that can make make it a bad thing but uh, i think they really uh they, they really do a good job with it um at least for me mm. a lot of people don't, don't think the same way as i do but um yeah uh we will see we will see what you think yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm really curious to, to hear what you think <laughs> yeah so it might be. I'll definitely play it before season two of the TV show happens. That's for sure. But <laughs> hopefully before yeah. the year is over, I'll get a chance to play it. But yeah, because yeah, you got you got Jedi Survivor, and you got uh, 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 Tears of the Kingdom. Is it? Yes. Yeah, Tears of the Kingdom. You get Street Fighter. <laughs> yes. And then you know, there, uh, there's another big one. Oh, uh, what was it? Oh, I can't remember, Jim. <laughs> it's it's something. It's great that I get my two favorite video game franchises come out in the same year. But when it's this close, it's a problem because Final Fantasy 16 comes out a month. Oh uh, yeah. After Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, you're right. Wow. And, and, and when does um, the Zelda game come out? Uh, May 12th, I think. Oh. Yeah, yeah it's May 12th. Uh, next month then. Yeah. But uh, Jedi Survivor comes out April 28th, so it's like only two weeks for me to beat that. <laughs> you gotta rush through everything. I might have to, yeah. just to get the stories. <laughs> yeah, just hit the big story points. Like, then... Maybe I should even play it on easy. <laughs> <laughs> or I wonder if there's gonna be like a story mode, like the super easy, easy mm, mode. I might have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I never, I never ever do that for any video games, but this is an unusual circumstances. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna have to play it on easy and then get on uh, uh the new Zelda game. Uh, that one is gonna be a little bit of no for me. And you, you know, made yourself pretty clear. Uh, yeah. I think it was two episodes ago. So. <laughs> it's gonna be kind of a big no because I heard the the weapon degradation thing is back. So. But they have a cool new feature, Weapon Fusion, where you can take any item and like fuse them together to Probably make it stronger. It breaks. Until it breaks after three hits. <laughs> and then but, you, you, you got to spend the next three months trying to figure out like how to like get two weapons to fuse together so that, <laughs> you, that you can go into the temple and hit the bad guy for, for two hits. And then they end up, uh, the thing ends up breaking. That's uh, uh, I'm not going to tolerate this Zelda slander any longer. <laughs> that, that, that's that's the worst part of the game, Tim. I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I don't know why you guys, you Zelda fans, don't understand why that's such a pain in the butt. I'll admit it's not my favorite. I wish they were taking it out for this next one. But at the same time, I think yeah. they're pretty, doing a pretty cool new feature that kind of makes it a little more easier to take. So you're not constantly looking for weapons. But 
It was one the, one little one negative of an amazing game. It's like it keeps it at nine point nine instead of a ten. That's how. <laughs> okay, Tim. Okay, Tim. This is gonna be Zelda strategy time. Okay, so I was playing Breath of the Wild. Okay, I have three hearts. Right, I'm right in the beginning of the game. I got three hearts, and those big squid squid robots uh, are. Uh, I, I run into one. Okay. Yeah. Um, how are you supposed to dodge their lasers? Because it automatically automatically takes you down to half a heart if you have three. Now those are enemies you shouldn't necessarily be facing down that early in the game. They're there. But there's ways to get around them. This is kind of what you have to do. Yeah, but they always end up spotting me. They they (laughs) end up spotting you from like like a mile away, and they start shooting you. You're just bad at stealth, Dane. Let's just admit it. (laughs) I I, I guess so. (laughs) Yes, you should. Because obviously, I ran into them too that early. They they killed me a few times, but it's like you work a way around it. That's the beauty of the game. There's not one thing that you like set of rules that you have to follow to get through an area or an enemy there's different options you can play with when it's that early uh, attacking and battling it is not one of those options yeah yes the one thing i do like about breath of, breath of the wild is uh their craft their, their food crafting system <laughs> yeah it's 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 so rewarding and like the the music and and all that it's pretty cool <laughs> um also how you learn how to get the um uh, uh what is that the uh uh sweater <laughs> oh. <laughs> um yeah i really enjoyed that yeah but it's the weapon degradation tim i, I keep on coming back to that I, I don't understand how you can have such a wonderful game and don't get me wrong Nintendo did a great job with the open world. It's probably the best open world game ever, right? Problem, Tim, is the weapon degradation. I don't understand it. How can you have such a weak system? I don't I think... It is a pain that early on, but the more you play and the more weapons you get, and you can even strengthen them, but it becomes less and less of an annoyance, especially when you get the Master Sword. No, I, I think you just had to play through it a little more to where you can and get let me past guess. it. Let me guess. The Master Sword also breaks. It right? doesn't break, but it does It does need a recharge every every so right. often. For how long? 30 minutes, right? I think it's like 20 or something like that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly my point. Why do you have to introduce such an irritating feature in your game? I don't get it. Uh I mean, uh-huh. you're not wrong, but at the same time, it's not big enough to where it ruins the rest of the game for for most of us, as it does for you, which which it hurts me to to hear you say that, Dana. You, you, <laughs> you have this vast, open, beautiful world, right? But then it's it's constantly hampered by the weapon degradation for me. And I don't understand it. I don't get it. You know, the, the, the point of Breath of the Wild in an open world game is exploring, but you can't explore unless you have a weapon because there's enemies everywhere. And there's tons of weapons to be had, too. It's not like you're very limited. That's the thing. One brings, you got tons of options to choose from. 
Yeah, you know, skeleton arms and branches. <laughs> they get the job done sometimes. <laughs> and shovels and shovels. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's enough of my my uh, my ranting. I'm sure I'm sure you you have something to rant about for for the last of us. <laughs> Uh, not not to the level of what you're saying about the weapons breaking in there. <laughs> I mean, I was even yeah. saying how ammo, like the, in combat, ammo was the issue as far as not having a lot. But even kind of as the game went on, I I had enough to where it was like I wasn't out most of the time. It was like kind of was early on in, in the game. Yeah, making sure that was what I upgraded my weapons with the most is the <laughs> holding more ammo ammo ca- capability. Yeah, speaking of uh, weapon degradation, that's how you do weapon degradation, like how it was in The Last of Us. <laughs> you do upgrade. It was a nice way of doing the upgrades in that. But you upgrade your yeah. weapons too in Zelda. I mean, it's not like it's not there. Oh, damn, I, I just, I just can't do it. Can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> it hurts me, Tim, because I know everybody's excited about. Uh, not Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom. <sighs> it just it just breaks my heart, Tim. Breaks my heart. <laughs> ah, you're gonna be missing out all because of your petty resistance to the weapon degradation. <laughs> yeah. Also, the I know you can extend it, but the stamina, the the stamina bar. Mm. It's uh. It's it gives me anxiety when I'm climbing up something. <laughs> Which that's I guess it's fun. supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's what it's supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, same thing when you're when you're doing the glider. Like when uh-huh. you jump on the glider and then you're like, Oh no, do I have do I have enough stamina to clear this lake or do I have to swim? Yep. You better make sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess no matter what I say and how much I praise, I'll probably more than likely give Tears of the Kingdom. It's not going to sway you to give it a shot no. just because of the weapons. Yeah, no, not really. Uh, plus, too, I want to. I really want to see how that game runs on the Switch before um, the, the the regular Switch. I'm not talking about like the OLED one or the yeah. what have you. But I'm I'm really curious to see if it runs in 60 frames per second. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't heard if it is or not. Yeah. I hope so. They're, they're probably doing the whole PS5 thing where it's like, do, do you want to go on performance or do you want to go on picture or whatever? No, the Switch is not powerful enough to where it needs to do that, <laughs> like the PS5 <laughs> and the Xbox Series X, so I don't, I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that, that that was... Myself a rant for this episode. Uh, that better be the last. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see if you have anything to rant about this minute for Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. As we're still making our way. Actually, we're into the 40-minute mark now. We hit that milestone last episode. So for this one, we'll be going from minute 40 to 41. So as always, you want to grab your VHS copy, your DVD copy, your Laserdisc copy, your HD DVD copy, your UMD copy, your Blockbuster membership video copy, your Netflix membership physical media copy, your DVHS copy, and as always, our DVD or VHS to DVD converted copy from your PC. So if you have all those, 
and you're ready to begin, I'll give the countdown. As I'm sounding like a commercial or something telling everybody to grab <laughs> their different products. But uh, Dane, are you ready? Yes, I have my VHS to DVD converted copy. I have my my, my PSP version, uh, U, uh, UMD. Uh, I am ready. I'm going to dual screen it. <laughs> You're putting us all to shame. Now <laughs> you're viewing it. Okay, so three, two, one, play. As Gandalf tells him how he looked for Gollum first, which obviously, as you're seeing right here, we're getting a glimpse of the Mordor orcs torturing Gollum. But how cool it would have been to see that where Aragorn and Gandalf were out there searching for Gollum? Those aren't uh, Urukai, aren't they? No, not yet. Those are just regular orcs. Ah, uh, this poor guy. Oh, no. Oh, he lost his head. <laughs> and one of my favorite gifts to use, as Gandalf says, don't tempt me, Frodo. <laughs> when there's someone I want, something I want to buy, someone tells me to buy it. <laughs> but it's too expensive. <laughs> I, mean, I like how there's always been like these what-if theories or well, Gandalf took the ring right here, and how he says he would use the power to do good, but through me it could do terrible damage. And what if he actually took it? We need some Lord of the Rings. Over. What if the movie would be over? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the whole series would be over, right? Yep, it probably would. <laughs> it is cool that they just announced either last week or this week that they're doing a special 20th anniversary screening of Return of the King at the oh, end of yeah. this month. Which, I mean. It's cool they're doing that, but the dates they chose are kind of puzzling. It's like oh, on a Wednesday and like a Thursday the next week. It's like not on the weekend, which uh, they're later showings, and the movie is four hours, about 20 minutes. So wow. <laughs> you're going to be getting out of there pretty late. And if you have to work the next day, it's not going to be ideal. So, And there wasn't one one of my local theaters wasn't really showing it, so I'm probably not going to be able to see it, but I kind of wish they made it more. Uh, widely released and on a more convenient day instead of during the middle of the week <laughs> in the evening for a four hour and 20 minute movie. Is it the actual date? No, doing because it, it, no, because or, it came out in oh. December. It came out in December? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I know. It's, it's kind of strange. But, uh, yeah. I was hoping they do like, a, like they did with the Star Wars special editions in 97 for that 20th anniversary where they had like a wide re-release and yeah and it's cool that they're doing it for the extended editions because that'd be cool to see in the theater but it's weird timing <laughs> i didn't know it, it uh it came out in december i thought it would be like a summer blockbuster no it was always like an end of the year uh, i see sort of like star wars then yeah like, like star wars took it well, for them exactly <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like the newer ones, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, unfortunately, probably won't be experiencing that. But uh, um, we will be experiencing some other movies this year. Actually, I mean, I was hoping to see it before we did this episode to talk about it. But I will be seeing the Super Mario Brothers movie later on today, pretty much after we record this episode. So I'll be curious to see. Uh, how I have a feeling I'm really going to like it. I, I know it's not getting the best reviews, but for a lot of people that I've seen and follow or it's like big time old school gamers, like they love it. So I think it's 
it's targeting a specific audience and i think i'm one of those targeted audience so <laughs> i'm probably gonna love it yeah oh what what is there people's big complaint about it they're saying the plot's really thin it's really basic but at the same time were you expecting much more from a mario <laughs> the yeah, games were never really exactly. solid plots so <laughs> rescue the princess exactly kill Bowser, right yeah. exactly that's, that's uh that's pretty much the plot of those games and i, I heard it's like oh it's like oh you're just watching someone else play a video game is another thing i've heard about it but yeah which i'm thinking that just means they're following closely to what fans of the mario games want to see in there <laughs> and yeah. so yeah we'll see if i like i said i have a feeling i'm more than gonna more than likely really gonna enjoy it for everything i've seen it looks great and from the people who i know or who've seen it already who are big fans of the games absolutely loved it so we'll see if that's the case for me the trailers looks really good really yeah. sound like yeah yeah to me it's, it's capturing the feel of how a mario brothers animated movie should look so <laughs> Yeah. that's what's important but exactly speaking of trailers i mean we got quite a few trailers which maybe i'll see today <laughs> while going <laughs> to see it later on um it was a big week for new comic book movie trailers and pretty big tv show trailer which we'll talk about also <laughs> but uh yeah so we got new trailers for blue beetle spider-man into the Spy- spider or not into the spider-verse it's uh across the spider-verse and the big one, our first full trailer for the Ahsoka TV series. And oh, I don't know. They sorry, should I... sorry. I, I, I didn't see it. I thought you were talking about the Barbie movie. Uh, I'm just, just going to mention, uh, should we before... talk about that one? Because that's the other big one, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, did, I didn't see the Ahsoka trailer, Tim. I I guess I have to uh, I have to see that one before. Uh, I should have so guessed it. I, I should have realized you were talking about Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, to be honest, I'm surprised that I'm the buzz I've seen for that movie or like this on social media is like, oh, this looks like really exciting. This is gonna be like I'm really excited to see this one. I mean, to each their own in the movies, but how I'm just surprised how many people actually had Barbie as one of their more anticipated movies of the summer. I mean, Over <laughs> I, Mario, I missed it. yeah, <laughs> or most other Over ones. Mario, so. really? No, um, I don't know. You know, like. I mean, as we've seen, Margot Robbie is really uh, a good actress. So. Yeah. Who knows? I guess the curious factor with that. So I just found it surprising. Yeah. <laughs> like I would, I didn't expect the Barbie movie to have this much buzz around it, but <laughs> here yeah. we are. But first off, yeah, let's talk about that Blue Beetle trailer because we knew this is a movie we were getting for a while, and to a point where we didn't know if we were going to get it after what happened with Batgirl. <laughs> it was even supposed to be an HBO Max exclusive but then they bumped it up to the theater and we just don't know what's going on but now we know it's still coming out it's coming out this august and we got our first look at how it's going to look and i think it looks really cool i just think they're capturing the suit the look of blue beetle perfectly of how it should be or how we should look in a movie because the blue beetle costume i think is an underrated comic book costume design i've always been a big fan of it uh, once they got the redesign and jaime reyes took over as being as being blue beetle and it they didn't change pretty much anything on it. It just looks like a perfect exact translation from comic book to screen, and it looks great. Uh, the action on this looks really cool. Um, the Jaime, focusing on Jaime Reyes's story uh, with his family 
I was like, it's going to be fun. The one thing I am, one like little concern I have about it while watching the trailer, because this is something where I find to be cheesy when it's done in movies, where it's like, you have the hero, you have and you have this family of supporting characters. And I, I do like how they're doing it where they find out right away so we don't have to kind of do the traditional superhero story or just story trope where he's trying to hide his identity from his family members and make all these excuses. So I do like how they know already. But the one thing is like, because there was a shot where them they're in like the the big blue beetle uh, flying vehicle, and I I just hope it doesn't come to where we're in a big action scene. He's in trouble, then the family members with no powers are there to help, and they come and save the day. I just find that type of stuff to happen in movies really cheesy. That's rarely when it's pulled out or done well. It's either like either that or a village is getting under attack, and but then the residents, even though they have no weapons, come and help and do what they can to save the day. I mean. I get what they're trying to do, but some, it has to be done in a like specific way so it doesn't come off as this eye rolling and cheesy on that. So, but there just I don't know if this movie is going to happen. But what I saw his rest of his family flying that blue beetle vehicle, <laughs> it's like this maybe thing. Are we going to get one of those moments in here where they're going to save him from the villain and they're going to end up like saying like you don't mess with our family type <laughs> type of scenario? So we'll see. But uh, the interaction with him and his family looks like it's going to be fun. But the big thing is just seeing that blue beetle suit in action. This looks really great when he gets it for the first time. It's and how it comes on him, where it's like he's burning up, and the suit just goes on. And you got the because the, the suit is actually sentient, so it'll be talking to him, and it's kind of alive. There's always been some great like in the comics and even some of the animated stuff, uh, like, like in Brave and the Bold and Young Justice. The dynamic that Jaime Reyes has with the Scarab is always a lot of fun. So I hope the movie captures that. It just that visual too of him just out in space with the suit just this looked awesome and then the scene in an action with the blast <laughs> the weapons it can do that shield that generated over him that just cut that bust in half <laughs> just looked really cool and that expression he had on his face was great and then when he finally makes that uh sword uh, his arm into a sword where the scare tells you can make anything you, you can imagine this this looks really cool and just the the short glimpses we got of the fighting and the choreography looks like it's going to be really well done as well so all the stuff involving Blue Beetle, the suit, uh, the character looks like it's good. They're doing a good job of adapting what I've read and what I've seen of the character of Blue Beetle. So uh, I'm excited for it. It looks like there's going to be some cool history throwbacks to uh, the Blue Beetle's history with Ted Cord and the original uh, Blue Beetle to where you see their costumes kind of hanging on on display where they're in, uh, looks like their secret lair, which I, I assume they discover later on because the building he goes into is uh, Court Industries. You see the name Court on there. So uh, they didn't show him, but uh, kind of hard not to think that Ted Cord will be in th- this movie, who, of course, is the second Blue Beetle and is a pretty rich, rich person in the DC universe. So uh, it's looking forward to seeing all that stuff being adapted in this movie. And yeah, I'm, sorry I'm blanking on his name, but uh, the actor from Cobra Kai. Uh, who plays Miguel, obviously he's playing Jaime Reyes here. He looks perfect. I think when they announced that casting, I was like, oh, he's going to be the perfect Jaime Reyes for this. And it's showing in this trailer already. So there's a lot about it. I think it's going to be lots of fun and just really cool. So uh, I am excited for it. And hopefully it does well because um, judging off what happened with Shazam, I can understand how there could be con- some concern for these upcoming DC projects until we get the full-blown uh, reboot of James Gunn DC Universe. But we'll see. I'm excited for it uh, regardless. If it's going to continue on in this universe, if it's successful, I hope it does. I think it's because James Gunn is kind of hyping it up too. Kind of, um, not, I, I like he's not just 
ignoring or not saying anything about it because it's not part of his universe. I think it's, if it does well, he says he likes the movie. It's really good. But if it, do, and it does well, it could probably carry over into his, his universe. There's probably not going to be too many references. I mean, the only one we got was George Lopez saying that Batman is a fascist at the end. But <laughs> obviously that's just playing for some laughs. And I see some people make a big deal about that. Say typical YouTube rant videos saying like DC has all the respect for Batman and all this stuff. But you, you just got to look at it in the context of the film. Someone like that probably would view Batman as a fascist who doesn't have any actual context of who Batman really is. It just sees him out on the news and just seeing him uh, doing what he does as a vigilante. So it just, it's a harmless quote that people are, of course are overreacting about it. But um, regardless of all that stuff, I just hope the movie does well enough because I really like the character of Blue Beetle. And if this does good and he can continue on into the new DC universe, um, that would be a win. So here's hoping it does because I think it looks really cool. Yeah, it looks really cool. Um, unfortunately, um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like people don't really care about it. I mean, I personally forgot about this this entire sure, movie. I understand that. Yeah, and if if Shazam two is anything, you know, is an example, you know, it's like people are kind of over it already, and they're just sort of waiting for the uh, for the next James Gunn thing, right? Um, which is where kind of I'm at. It's it's sort of like uh, I mean, if they put it on HBO Max, I'm gonna watch it, you know. But uh, you know, I'm not necessarily gonna go out to the movie theater to go see it. Yeah. Um, but what you were talking about earlier about like how like I don't know the apartment block people or whatever people in the apartments rally around the hero and uh. try to fight the bad guy. Was the first example of that in Spider-Man 2? Actually, the first one, I would say, where you got the people on the bridge where Green Goblin, where Spider-Man's holding on to the kids and that, like that trolley and Mary Jane, and then Green Goblin's trying to knock him down, and then the people on the bridge start throwing rocks and stuff at Green Goblin. Yeah. And they're like, you mess with Spider-Man, you mess with New York, you mess with all of us type. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. that type of stuff. <laughs> Uh, I just remember the the, the Spider-Man Two one where where he stops the uh, the subway car. See, then, that's a good you know, one in my opinion. That's that's how it should be like done. That. And doesn't Doc Ock show up and tear into them? Yeah, he, he just, does. Like, right? He just moves them all yeah, out of yeah, the way yeah. and grabs Spider-Man very quickly. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Ah, uh, okay. So it's so the first Spider-Man movie then. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, at this point it's cheesy. I mean, it's cheesy then. It's cheesy now. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, uh, for someone who finds it cheesy like I do, you just, you just got to roll with it. <laughs> so, what can you do? <laughs> yeah, for me, it's, uh, you know, if they put it on HBO Max for free or for the subscription price, you know, I'm going to see it. But, yeah, I'm not going to go out to the movie theater because, let's face it, uh, a, I don't think it's going to make that much money. B, you know, it's, it's a what's the point sort of thing. If, it, if there's just going to be reset again, sort of like the new 52, right? Right? I mean, <laughs> say what's the point? <laughs> this, this is just going to be reset. And I don't know. Again, what, what was it? Like eight years? Shorter than that? that? Uh, six years. I, yeah. 
It lasted six, six years. years. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, wait, yeah. five years. Because it started in 2011 and Rebirth happened in 2016. So, yeah, five years. Oh, wow. Five years. Yeah. So, for me, it's, it's uh, you know, what's the point? At the same time, you should, a movie's quality shouldn't have to rely on if it's in a shared universe or not. If it's a good comic book superhero movie, it's a good comic book superhero movie regardless. So, hopefully, it is. And what if it is people where mouth get people to go see it and it does good but you're not wrong though where that's not the case or some people do think that where it is what's the point if the universe is just kind of resetting which to me is disappointing to hear where like i said it shouldn't be about an actual universe of movie that should be about just the movie there if it does have a shared universe great but that shouldn't be the main focus of why you should see it or not in my opinion but um to each their own and how they view it i guess but um, speaking of universes, though, um, we're going to get a big <laughs> multiverse movie coming up in just a couple of months with the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse with Across the Spider-Verse. And we just got our technically our second trailer, but maybe it's like our first full-blown trailer of it, where the first one we got with the tease. And boy, is this trailer full-blown Spider-Man overload. And I absolutely love it. <laughs> it just looks insane. But at the same time, capturing like the heart of what made the first one so good with miles morales story his family dynamic and just again still dealing with still being a fairly new spider-man and just the new challenges that he's going to face with that but yet it's going to be in such a broader scope amongst the multiverse of all these different spider-men and how he's going to be part of this club or this where all the different multiverse Spider-Man, the best of the best multiverse Spider-Man. But I don't know, it seems like pretty large to be the best because it's almost seems like every Spider-Man is in there as <laughs> part of that club. Uh, but yeah, it's just going to be a great mixture of fun, just a great Spider-Man storytelling with these characters that were so well done in the first one and just mixed in with all this crazy Spider-Man goodness with all these different Spider-Mans from across the Spider-Verse. Uh, but just the animation too, man, it just looks even better than the first one and just incorporating like these different styles within it. Cause there's that shot of Scarlet spider that looked awesome. And was a different visual than what we've seen before. And just, yeah, getting to see most of these different Spider-Man that we've only been to experience, whether in comics or in sometimes some of the video games and some of the animated series stuff. And now seeing it in a full blown animated movie, just turned up to 11. It is going to be great. <laughs> and I'm really curious to see you know, the issues that, Miguel O'Hara, the Spider-Man from 2099, is being played by Oscar Isaac in this movie, who, you know, was teased at the end credits scene of the first one. But uh, he's, yeah, kind of out to get uh, Miles Morales here. I think Miles does something that goes against to what, I guess, uh, something that has to deal with that group of Spider-Man in the multiverse. And maybe he makes the decision to save someone that he shouldn't have that affects the multiverse. I don't know, but... Uh, Miguel O'Hara puts the word out that <laughs> Miles Morales is like public enemy number one amongst these uh, multiverse Spider-Mans where they're all out to get him. And that, that sequence we see in the trailer is just how you know, vicious sometimes that Spider-Man 2099 seems to be or just really out to get him. It just, there's, there's just more going on that are leading on this trailer, obviously, and almost like they're setting him up to be the villain in this movie or not necessarily villain, but maybe antagonist. Uh, for Miles Morales, the main one that he's going to face here. But yeah, it just looks really, really cool. It is more of what was so great about the first one, and it's just going to be even bigger and better. <laughs> just, I just love the stuff that we're picking up on, too, with uh, Peter Parker we got in the first one, now that he, uh, he 
they show that he reconciled with Mary Jane. He does have a daughter now, uh, which should be uh, fun to see, especially after what the Marvel comics keep doing <laughs> with Mary Jane and Peter Parker ending their marriage and teasing they're going to get back what? and then they're not. Wait, 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 wait. What, 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 what is going on in the Spider-Man comic? That's been like this for almost like 15 years now. You know they're not, they, haven't been mar- they haven't been married for a long time now. Yeah, but they're together. Not right? anymore. No. <laughs> what? Wait, wait, what's, what's, can you give me the Cliff Notes version of what's going on in the Spider-Man? You know, I, I really I really can't because I've fallen behind the main Spider-Man title quite a bit, actually. <laughs> so I just okay. got to see what's going on through social media and those like the reactions I've seen from it. But they were kind of hinting that they were going to get back together. But then when new creative teams take over, it just seems like they have different ideas where one wants to. But then when they're done with their run, someone else comes yeah. in and doesn't want to do it. So it's just like always off and on. So but now it seems to be on the off part. But. They should have just kept them married from the get-go. They never should have done that whole right. Mephisto retcon thing to save his, to, to, for to save his identity and all that, and to bring back uh, Mary Jane or Aunt May from being shot and from dying. So it was just, yeah, that was a whole mess. It's still one of the most controversial comics to happen. <laughs> Not even recently, I just think in general. What's the name of that comic? Um... Brand, was it brand new day or one more day? Because there was two series. I think it's yeah, yeah. Brand new day. Brand new day. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because that was one of the last Spider-Man comics I've ever I've read. Whatever that was. That was like 2006, 2007. I want to say. Yeah. Actually, I think it might yeah, be that... actually one more day. I think. Okay. Yeah, that that was one of the last Spider-Man comics I've read. But, you know, th- why is it a CW show? Why can't they just, why can't they just have it? Yeah. Where it's like, we don't have to worry about it. It's just there. We don't have to do anything about it. And Marvel should just sit, tell the creative teams, don't, okay, don't touch this. Just leave them married. Just leave them married. It's fine. Write your story around it or something. I don't know. Yeah, so it was one more day and it came out in 2007. So a year off from what I originally thought. But it seems like this Peter Parker in Spider-Verse is the kind of Peter Parker we wish was still going on in the comics with Mary Jane and how they had a kid. Because there have been some cool Elseworlds stories where they do have a kid in the show with their diet, like his life as Spider-Man is with that. It's a lot more interesting than the off and on again relationship that they currently are going through. I haven't read a Spider-Man comic in almost 15 years. 15 years. Wow. Over 15 years. There, there's definitely been some good ones over over the course since then, but this is the, the way they keep... By the, yeah. Yeah, just, it seems like something they just can't seem to get moved past. So. <laughs> but anyway, uh, well, that's not going to be a problem here in Across the Spider-Verse, <laughs> which is a good thing. I don't know. You know, you say that, but then it seems like Miles and Gwen are going to have feelings for each other. Yeah, but at least that'll probably come off more natural, though. It's like if yeah. that whole will-they-won't-they thing instead of just being a massive retcon <laughs> in the comics. I don't know, because you seem... You seen that one shot of Gwen um, crying over Peter's body? Yeah. So like, I don't know if this, that's gonna be a big conflict where it's like 
she wants to be with Miles, but she can't get over the fact that Peter died. Her Peter died. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, this I, I'm really looking forward to this movie. This movie and of course, uh, Mutant Mayhem, <laughs> because they both look the same, and they, they both star characters I like. Exactly. Um, <laughs> one more so than the other, but um, yeah, I think I am ready to say, Tim, that uh, the first Into the Spider Verse movie is probably my favorite Spider-Man movie. I know yeah. you're not you're not alone in thinking that. <laughs> A lot of people feel I think that it way. It is. Yeah, I think it is. I really like Miles Morales. My nephew really likes Miles Morales. Um, yeah, that's probably my favorite Spider-Man movie. So yeah, this one I'm really looking forward. Really looking forward to. Um, but the one thing I'm really really looking forward to with this movie is the what I call Bum Peter. You know, it's, it's not the Peter that you really you, you you think you know. It's the Peter that got divorced from or got separated from Mary Jane and moved moved into a bachelor pad and eat pizza and has has sort of gained weight. That's my favorite <laughs> Peter. Uh, but yeah, I'm I, I, I'm looking forward to this this movie. So that one you're going to see in the theater, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Along with uh, Mean Mayhem. It's probably the two movies I'm looking forward to the most. <laughs> Both animated. Right. <laughs> I guess. Both animated children's movies. I guess that's where I'm at in life. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just part of the nerd life. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Oh, man. Uh, speaking of Mean Mayhem. I don't know if you've been reading the uh, uh, the TMNT book. I am. I got fully caught up last week, so I am. Uh, it, it's yes. getting really good. Yes, it is. Really, really good. The Armageddon game storyline kind of started off a little slow, uh, but it now did. it's, it's it really did. getting going. It's sort of like it's captivating you where you just want to read the next issue yeah. <laughs> right away. Especially like that prelude that Sophie Campbell did, mm-hmm. where it's like. They, they each get their own little power and stuff and say, okay, yeah. let's, uh, let's move it on from this. But um, yeah, like you said, once it starts, it starts in a big bad way. It's And it, it, it doesn't seem to be slowing down. So yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. I really like the stuff they're doing with the, the Utrons and the Triceraton. But, um, yeah. Like a story that, that I didn't care about. Really. Yeah. I didn't really care about. Um, but yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's really good, especially since uh, what's her name? Um, oh my god, I forget her name. Is it Sarah? The the Triceraton. Yeah, the Triceraton. Yeah. They 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 call her something though, don't they? What do yeah. they call it? Uh, darn it, so regent. You know, like, you know, like re, re, regent, like the Regenta or the Regenta. Yeah. The Regenta. Yeah, yeah. Um. Good to see her um, comeback story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I really like seeing that. Though. That was a cool uh, battle, yeah. I mean, yeah. the one thing about Utrams, they just never seem to stay dead, especially Crane. No. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah hopefully this is an actual victory for her because that was a great defeat. Yeah, what's what's Venus's uh, 
story in all of this. You see, that's the one I haven't been reading the tie-in series, the Armageddon Game Alliance. Yeah. There, unfortunately, even with a series great as the Turtles, it's like sometimes there are too many tie-in or series and stuff yeah. that I just can't get all, all of them. So, haven't read that one, but. It seems like it hasn't affected the main Armageddon game story because it hasn't really shown up in the main Armageddon game series and in the main TNT titles in a while. Right. So we'll see. If yeah, it's it's like they they don't want to introduce her too fast. It mm-hmm. seems like, which is she a has, smart thing. Yeah, but she has appeared thing. in that Alliance series, so she's she's yeah. there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another I will comic say, I've been. Re- Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I will say the one thing I was disappointed with it though is those how it was first teased on that like free comic book day issue of those other turtles with the white uh not even bandanas, but like those white coverings going up on like their their face masks. And yeah. kind of who they were revealed to be. It was like that was a little anticlimactic, I would say. <laughs> just kind of just being basically hired human mercenaries who are like this mutagen power to transform and to shapeshift and to make themselves look like the turtles which was yeah, kind of a bummer reveal they're out of the apocalypse game are they? pretty fast right oh, the, are, are, aren't those armageddon games yeah the armageddon game yeah they're they're in the beginning right yeah then they showed the, up in the last posing issue. as the oh they did yeah oh, okay. yeah but then they got like once all the turtles kind of got reunited back on earth they fled away so <laughs> uh, right now they're not really playing a big factor into it i, I was just saying, i was just hoping that'd be like it would be a bigger story point and just a, kind of a crazy yeah. new thing that has to deal with the the higher ups in the armageddon game like rat king and this patreon <laughs> patheons of brothers and sisters but it wasn't yeah i forgot about that yeah that's true um uh Another uh, comic I've been reading and really, really liking over the bigger title, which you probably like, Tim, is uh, Go Go Power Rangers. All right, I told you. <laughs> I'm. Hold on, I I gotta check it real quick. I'm on. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, volume four of the uh, of the graphic novels of the collected okay. editions, and uh, yeah, I actually like this series more than. Uh, Kyle Higgins. Yeah, same Rangers. thing happened to me too. Like I wasn't expecting really? that, but the okay. more I read, it was like, yeah, this is just like really, really good at nailing it. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there was really nothing wrong with with. Um, maybe I was overhyped on it, um, just just from what you've been telling me. But I don't know. It's there's nothing wrong with uh, the Higgins run, but I just felt like, and I. I guess they expected you to have watched the series and know each Power Rangers story and everything, but I feel like it didn't really stick with, you know, the personal stories of the the Power Rangers. It, it, it was just more of them just going off into the universe and fighting guys and, you know, saving the universe over and over again, which is all right because that's what they do. That's what the Power Rangers do, but like, um, yeah, I as someone that didn't really watch the, the television show, doesn't really know the Power Rangers backstory, uh, and, and, and I don't really care to watch the television show. Um, 
I don't know, it was a little confusing to me because I, I had no idea how the Green Ranger sort of fit in, how mm-hmm. Tommy sort of fit into the the group, where he was from, who he was, um, how he got his powers, why is he Green Ranger. Um, same thing with that sword. Uh, I can't, I forget, it's it's Sword name. of Darkness. <laughs> yeah, the Sword of Darkness and the White Ranger. Um, yeah, I had zero context for that. So, yeah, I don't know if it's my problem or if it's the series problem, but it's probably my problem because I, I don't really know the backstory of these original Rangers or any Power Rangers at all. Mm. Uh, besides the that that 2018 movie, um, that that that's the extent of what I know about the Power Rangers. So, like with Gogo, it's it's more it's it's slower. It actually like shows that these teenagers have lives and they have you know circumstances in their lives um seems like something's wrong with with uh jason and his dad right now Mm -hmm. um not sure how that shakes out but uh but i am interested and i am reading it and i i really really like the uh the gogo power rangers more than i i like that big series that you're talking about So, so yeah i mean i'm really enjoying that yeah, I kind of figured that would be the case because it does really dive into more of the lives of the different rangers and how they're coping with being Power Rangers like so early on, right? When yeah. they get those powers, which is really cool. And how great are those variant covers at the end where it's like different yeah. album covers yeah. that they're doing? <laughs> I love those. Yeah, they are. Uh, I was like, 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 what is this? Like, did, did they just do like, you know what, just do a movie poster. Or an album cover, or whatever, you know. Yeah, my favorite one is where they do Weezer's Blue album, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and no doubt Tragic Kingdom with Rita on the cover. <laughs> so, wow, those are great. But yeah, I've been totally enjoying Go Go Power Rangers in between uh, Ninja Turtles whenever you know it comes out. Um, Tim, I hate to break your heart. Oh no. I. It's hard for me to get into uh, Last Ronin uh, Lost Tales. Is that what it's uh, called? No, it's the Lost Years. Oh, uh, dang, Lost sure Years, like yeah. it. It's so it's, good. It's sort of... I, I, again, I thought it was going to be about those new turtles. I don't know if it's because of what you said, but... I mean, it, it, it is, but then they're flashing back and forth between yeah. Mikey and... Or, excuse me, the Last Ronin and the, uh, and the new turtles, but... Uh, it's it's not really. How about everything? I so, I'm, I'm, I'm loving the dynamic of those new turtles already, and the new stuff we're getting with Mikey during that time is fantastic. It's just, yeah. just more of the great stuff in the last world. I'm really shocked that you're not into it. Yeah, I'm not really into it, Tim. I'm sorry. Uh, I, <laughs> that that one baffles me. Yeah, I'm sorry, Tim. I didn't mean to break your heart. First Zelda, now the last road of life. Is, uh, <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm a, today. Uh, it doesn't mean I'm not a fan of the last Ronin. I really love the last Ronin. It's just, I know that. It's just, I just can't, we're just getting more of that great stuff, which is why I can't believe we're not digging it. <laughs> yeah, the stuff know. we're getting Mikey during this time, like I just love how we're getting more into his head. And the first time, like the the ghost of his brothers first popped into his head, and how he dealt with that, yeah. like that was fantastic. Yeah, I don't know. For me, Tim, I hate to 
I hate to hit you over the head with this, but it feels like it's going back to the well too many times. I have to disagree. You know, it's only <laughs> one time. I don't know, Tim. I'm sorry. But I do like uh, Go Go Power Rangers, which you recommended. To I me, did. So. So. <laughs> one for two of my yeah, recent recommendations for you. There is that. I'll, I'll take what I can get, at least. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the trailers and comic discussions <laughs> covered for movies anyway. But now we got one more trailer on the TV show front. And it's a big one because Star Wars Celebration is happening right now. And we finally got our first official <laughs> release look at the Ahsoka series and a release date, August 2023. And... Boy, Dane, does this look like everything I was hoping it would be. <laughs> First off, yes, it came. It uh, they since it's in London, the time's all different. So when we're getting this stuff, so I think it premiered like at three or four a.m. in the morning yesterday. So um, that's where I I wanted to watch it as soon as it came out. So I did wake up briefly during that time, check my phone, and saw it was up. Okay, I'll watch it. <laughs> and then oh, try to go back to sleep, which was a little difficult seeing how amazing it was. But, man, it did not disappoint. Just the look and feel of it, of the characters from Rebels being brought back, Sabine, Hera. Uh, we saw Zeb in uh, last two episodes ago of The Mandalorian, who looked great. So I have a feeling he'll show up here, too. And just uh, the, the story that we're going to get here is just going to be so good. Everyone seems to be bringing their aim on this one. There's just something about this show in the series so far that was shown in the trailer that just looks really special. And diving more into one of my favorite elements that was introduced in Rebels, which was the world between worlds, uh, where Ezra goes into that kind of, like I said, world between worlds in the midst of the Force. And there was a shot in the trailer we got where Ahsoka, where we see that same background surrounding. It's not as dark. It's a little more like darker blue than just pitch black as it was in Rebels. And it's not just an open space. You can see like she's on a ground level there where she's talking to a new character. His name is Balin, played by Ray Stevens, who's we don't know his story just yet. But he has a red lightsaber. <laughs> so uh, Inquisitor, just dark side user, ancient Sith. That's when you're in the world between worlds. Can pulling maybe from different eras, so who knows? There's this at the panel, Dave Filoni wouldn't say anything as far as the, the villains or the antagonists of this series are going to be. And then also, but it looks really great. There is that shot of Ahsoka igniting her lightsaber with the background of that scenery of the world between worlds that just looked fantastic. Where it was one of those shots where when the series was announced, it's something that I pictured maybe seeing in this show, and the fact that. It, they pretty much took it out of my head and put it in this series and in this trailer. It was just awesome. It just looks great. And of course, we got this tease of Grand Admiral Thrawn, just the back of his head. But um, it was announced today at a separate panel where it, Thrawn is being played by Lars Mikkelsen, the one who voiced him in Rebels. So that's cool. They did show an extended trailer where people actually got to see Thrawn in this one and how he looks. There is a leaked bootleg version, like a screenshot of it. Um, floating around out there, so you might be able to see for yourself, but I, Thrawn is looking great, and it's going to be cool to see what they're building building that up into telling the canon version of the new version of the Heir of the Empire story, it looks like. I mean, Ahsoka even name drops that 
in the trailers. So just a lot of stuff to be excited about with this. It just looks fantastic. And you put that with the news that Dave Filoni is going to be directing his first movie. Um, that's going to be kind of what used to be an event series they're going to do that cultivated the story of all these Disney Plus shows set in this era. But now it's going to be a full-blown movie, which is awesome. So uh, just a lot to be excited about with this trailer and going forward what we're going to get in the future. So I absolutely loved it. I cannot wait. August can't get here soon enough. Yeah, it looks really good, Tim. I'm not going to deny that. It's, uh, I don't know. You know, ah- Ahsoka is probably my favorite character in Star Wars. And, um, you know, for me, I, I just want to see her live action. <laughs> I mean, that's, if if you could do that, that's enough for me. And they already did it with, with uh, uh, what do you call the Mandalorian? But, like, yeah, for me... I, you know, I just want to see Ahsoka again, and Hera, and Sabine, and probably Kanan. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's face it, he's going to probably be in there, at least voice-wise. Um, yeah, for, for, for me, that's the big, that's the big thing. And, and, and was that really Ezra in that uh That hologram? Projection? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, right? Okay. Um, yeah, and Ezra again, you know. That's the main thing for me. I mean, I, I know people are talking about like like how, how you're saying about the world between worlds and stuff like that. But like for me, I just want to see my favorite characters again. It <laughs> really makes me want to go back and watch uh, Star Wars Rebels again. Yeah, which I think I'll probably be doing before the series yeah. premieres in August. Now I got a, a set time to make sure I do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't give a date. They just said August, but hopefully it's early yeah. August. <laughs> but. More than it's likely, August thirty first. Yeah, it's something August like 30th. that. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for this show, Tim. I, I, it's it's another thing I I gotta wait for. You know, I gotta wait for Jedi Survivor. <laughs> I now I gotta wait for, and I gotta wait for uh, Across the Spider Verse, and I gotta wait for Mutant Mayhem, and now I gotta wait for Ahsoka. <laughs> As, as Tom Petty says, the waiting is the hardest part. Yes, it is. It definitely is. Tom but August should, right on that part. August should be a cool month with uh, Butte and Mayhem and Ahsoka remaining the same month. I mean, that's two big wins yeah. right there. Yeah, so don't talk to me in August. I'm going to be busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no podcast that month because we'll just be seeing those over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Who's uh, Hera played by? Uh, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. Ah, uh, that was like that was like the big rumor when she was first an- announced to be part of the cast, and was so it was one of those things that what people were suspecting actually happened. And yeah, she looks great as Hera too. And that those two quick shots that we got of her as Hera, but again, all the character, the actors they got to play the rebels characters are looking great so far. Yeah, she. Uh... If I'm not mistaken, she was in Fargo, the one with uh, Ewan McGregor, the, the Fargo television shit, uh, uh, yeah. series with Ewan okay. McGregor. Yeah. I believe she's with, she's in a relationship. With yeah, I think they might actually be married now, yeah. I think. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, well, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big Star Wars oh, family. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah, that was great to get. I mean, 
stuff where they've shown other trailers oh, at wait, that panel. Tim, sorry, sorry, one more thing. Yeah. Uh, Mon Mothma. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to see more Mon Mothma. I want the Mon Mothma spinoff series. <laughs> Well, you got a full, whole other season of Andor to look forward to with her. And it was cool yeah. and a surprise that she's going to be in Ahsoka, too. So that was great. Yeah. And just yeah. kind of seeing her as I assume she's probably still going to be Chancellor during that time of the New Republic. So seeing her in that role is going to be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a lot to be excited about. And like I said, they had they showed other trailers that they didn't release, which there's half version bootleg versions of them out there somewhere with uh the acolyte which everyone's buzzing about everyone said that looked great and from the bootleg version i saw it was like like 50 seconds but it already looked pretty awesome and then star wars skeleton crew which is going to be the one that's focused on a group of kids it's being kind of billed as like an old school amblin 80s type uh kids movie like Goonies and that type of stuff, which set in the Star Wars universe, which should be really, really fun. So that the glimpses I saw of that looked cool too, but everyone's raving about the Acolyte and how unique that looks, but still very Star Wars. And just the action on it, everyone says it looks really, really cool that we haven't seen before in a Star Wars TV show. So hopefully we'll get those trailers released sometime before this year is over. I don't think we're going to get anytime soon officially, but um Thank you for those who are still able to film and put it out there <laughs> just to give us a small taste. Yeah, that that accolade one really interests me, you know, like something completely different. Telling a story from the uh, point of view or yeah. whatever they are doing. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. When is that one coming out? Did, Not till 2024. They, that's what I thought. Yeah. Dang it. Hopefully <laughs> early. <laughs> 2024. When does Andor Season 2 come out? 2024. <laughs> uh, why? Why? Things, why need to, things need to get filmed, Dane. I don't know if you knew that. but. <laughs> <laughs> and they need uh, the, the special effects uh, put behind them. That helps, too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But yes, as we as our intro says in Star Wars: The Saga Continues podcast, the future is bright indeed, and that's the feeling I had after that panel <laughs> from Star Wars Celebration. So it was just yeah. a great feeling that they have for Star Wars fans to get all this cool stuff. Especially after the, after the last two, again, I am uh, I'm sort of slow on the ball with uh, Bad Batch, but the last two episodes of um, Mandalorian. I really enjoyed those episodes, uh, <laughs> especially that uh, at this past one, but the one before that with the big big battle sequence. Yeah, the pirate. That was great. Yeah, the the, the pirate battle with grief. Yeah, yeah that, that was. Uh, yeah, that that's what the series needed at at that exact moment. Mm. <laughs> big battle sequence with the Mandalorians. Yeah, that yeah. was fantastic. And then, and and in this past episode with uh, Jack Black, <laughs> that one was weird. He was he was great, in it. and the weird the weirder the better for me. <laughs> I <laughs> I really liked it uh, in that uh, that sort of utopian place with the, with the robots that are yeah. malfunctioning, <laughs> and Doc Brown uh, being the culprit. <laughs> Yeah, it was cool to have Christopher Lloyd in there. Yes. Yeah, I, I really liked that. And I understand the controversy. Like, oh, did, did uh, Bo-Katan 
to earn the dark lightsaber the right way. And then, yeah, she did. She did. And plus two, she likes school. The, the <laughs> one thing I, I, I will give the, uh, I will give the Mandalorian, uh, my one criticism is the fact that they allowed her to take off her helmet because it looks so cool as the complete thing. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, I, I don't know. I haven't been loving it. Just, just give her the dark lights here. Who cares? Uh, well, I had some thoughts to say about that in this upcoming Saga Continues episode, but I will say I did felt though how she got it, the reasoning. It felt like a, more of a technicality than it was earned to wield the yeah. dark saber, which kind of bugged me. Not gonna, not gonna lie. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it's but... cool she has it again. Like you said, she looks great with it, but just the reasoning. I mean, not so much for like Din doing it because he didn't. He doesn't care. He wanted to give it to her in season two. <laughs> it's just the fact yeah. that I think the other Mandalorians are kind of accepting that. When they don't really know the full extent of how she got it, or how or how Din says she got it, because like I said, she, it wasn't one at all in combat. She just picked it up on the ground, and Din didn't lose it. I mean, technically he lost it, but like during a combat or a challenge, no, he just got surprised and jumped and and lost it that way. So it just I don't know. I think if they was fully explained to the Mandalorians how it went down. They wouldn't really agree, but maybe that's all intended and that's what's going to happen. But and there's because it's definitely things are happening a little too easily for Bo-Katan for getting everything she needs to be to reunite Mandalore or to re- retake Mandalore and be their leader. So there's something big is going to go down these next two episodes that throws a wrinkle into that. And I think her, and her getting the dark saber. So we'll see what happens in the next two episodes. But when that happened, I just felt like it's uh, like a little too convenient here. Yeah, it it. it is tim it is it really is and you're correct but i mean let's face it it's not the it's not the mandalorian's job to be to be the leader of the mandalorians you know it is not din Djarin's plan to be the leader no. and i don't think he wants to be so yeah, yeah i do like that story of reluctant, reluctant heroes and leaders taking on that responsibility because they make the best ones and that's kind of like the pathway i could see him going on to but yeah yeah, but let's just hand off the that responsibility to um, to to Bo-Katan because that's that's where her uh, her story is heading. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I can see how you guys have a problem with it because it has to be like a big struggle thing. But I don't know. Let's get past it. Let's give her the dark saber, and uh, you know, let's continue. Let's keep this. Let's keep this baby rolling, Tim. Because we've only got two more weeks, which bums me out. <laughs> Season's exactly. gone by way too fast. Exactly. We gotta we gotta get the ball rolling on this on this uh, finale. So let's let's go. Let's do it. And they did show next week's episode at celebration for those and people are saying it's awesome. So <laughs> we got yeah. that to look forward to. <laughs> Seems like everything is awesome when it coming out of the celebration. Right. Well they save all the awesome stuff for celebration. So <laughs> imagine yeah. if they showed this one at celebration there. I don't think it'd have quite the same buzz. No, people would be like, oh no, you know, she didn't get the dark saber. She didn't kill somebody. Do you really want to see Bo Katan kill somebody with a dark saber? Is that what you want to see? Not Din Djarin, but <laughs> Yeah. Do, do, do you want to see Bo Katan kill Din Djarin? Is that what you wanted to I mean, see? Technically she doesn't have to well, kill then, him. We just have to yield. She didn't kill this guy. 
uh, well, they would need a technical no because people were complaining. Oh, she didn't kill Din Djarin because that's what you need to do to get the lightsaber. No, oh, you, the just saber. To, you just need to and defeat so, like, someone. You don't need to kill them. If they yield, so that's it. People were going to complain about it, Tim. Why didn't she kill Din Djarin? You know? Well, that's their wrong because that's not how it works. But they're just picking out things out of their butts to complain about. <laughs> so let's just give it to her on a technicality. It's all good. We love we love Bo-Katan. Everybody loves Bo-Katan, except for people that think she got the dark saber by technicality. Oh, like that, that's tech, that's technically true. She did get on a technicality. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, There's gonna be correct. more to it though. That's for sure. There's, it's not gonna be wrapped up this neatly. That's for darn sure. <laughs> It was good to see the, the other Mandalorian, uh, the other Night Owls. Mm. I guess the former Night Owls, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, that guy and then uh, Sasha Banks. And it's always cool to see two Mandalorians duke it out <laughs> for our leadership. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so more good stuff's on the way. I guess by the time we do our next episode, the, the season will be over, sad to say. So yeah, <laughs> we'll see how it all wraps up in two more weeks. Shout I I really got to get back on the uh, the Bad Batch train again. Yes, because the, the, se- the season finale was incredible. It was great. I'm on the episode where... Uh, uh, What episode am I on, Tim? Yes, Dave, what episode are you on? <laughs> I am curious. Uh, the beginning, there's like a, a stormtrooper being chased by something. Okay, is it, is that the, is it called Metamorphosis? The, no, okay. I don't think so. Uh, and it's an Imperial focused one focused episode i believe because so, i'm sort of in the beginning part of it hold on look at yeah metamorphosis yeah okay that's it okay so you're kind of towards the last few episodes there so yeah you got okay. that really good stuff coming up okay especially I, when you get to the episode the outpost that's might be the best episode of the season uh echo's gonna die I'm telling you right now, Tim. I can feel it in my bones. Uh, well, just see. like Guardians of just like Guardians of the Galaxy three. You know what's gonna happen. Uh I mean there's part of me that's thinking they're doing all the setup for Rocket that they're making it too obvious that's a misdirect where he's not gonna die, but it's it's not looking like any other way or outcome for him. Yeah, they're really playing that angle yeah. up and all the promotion stuff. Well, it's, which is going to break my heart. Well, at this point, they have to do it, right? <laughs> all the promotional stuff and like he's in the front of the image, the walking image or whatever. Yeah. There's yeah, that great, po- that great poster too, or or there's a few great ones where he's like writing on the chalkboard and like all this. Like formulas and like scribble, and he's like pretty much naked on it with his like experimental parts on him. And then there's that evolution poster that shows it just as a normal creature that looks like a raccoon, but not a raccoon, but then slowly evolving into what he is. 
uh, now. So like all the promotional stuff is focusing on Rocket. Rightly so too, but again, they're really setting it up or they're not keeping it a secret that <laughs> what his face is probably yeah. gonna be. Bring your tissues, bring your Kleenex to the theater when you go, Tim. Yes. It's actually gonna be the first Thursday movie screening I'm going going to since uh the Batman last year. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's like the first one says are like I have to see it on opening night. You know what? It's probably the same for me too. It's just like I couldn't remember the last concert I went to until I want to say it was before our last episode. Uh, I went to go see Chameleon uh, World. Mm, yeah. Uh, and I couldn't remember the last time I went to a concert before the uh, pandemic. <laughs> And also, I just realized soon when I got the ticket that the Thursday showing of Guardians is on May the 4th. So I will be doing and watching some other than Star Wars <laughs> on a May the 4th for the first time in who knows how long. I think Disney did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> just to mess with the Star Wars fans. Sake. <laughs> because, you know, most Star Wars fans are also the Marvel fans. And it's like, oh, but Galaxy of the, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy comes out the same day as May the 4th, so, yeah. Do all your Star Wars celebrating and viewing before your showtime. <laughs> or after, because they're earlier now. <laughs> so, yeah, we got all that stuff to look forward to in the coming weeks and months moving ahead. But with that, I think that's going to do it for this one. Unless you have any other random topics to throw at me, Dane. Uh, hmm. uh, Shazam 2. Is it worth a watch or no? If it's on HBO Max, uh, yeah, it's a fun time. I, I'd say it is. Okay, just sort of turn off your brain. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. And it's just crazy to think that it's already available for streaming. I don't, it's, I don't think it's on HBO Max yet, but I know you can get it like on digitally if you wanted to. Yeah, but I think it's like 20 bucks. Yeah, definitely don't pay that. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Just wait for HBO Max then. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right, that's it. That's it for me. Uh, So I guess, yeah, uh, just go over to thebatmanuniverse.net, facebook.com slash thebatmanuniverse. Twitter Twitter handle is at batmanuniverse. Tim's Twitter handle is at timg311. Uh, my Twitter handle is at, at Dane says banana, banana rate and review us on iTunes. Want to email the show? Email the show at bathhandswithoutpants at gmail.com. So, with that, like we see at the end of every single episode, Tim. We love each and every one of you with all of our rocket raccoon loving hearts that are sure to be broken in just about a month. <laughs> yes, it will be. We'll see you guys next time. See you next time, everybody.